you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. You can always tell when J-Mac is with us, he subjects us to video. Um, <laughs> yeah, not, another level. Is it, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so, look, just uh, we're going to get into the program today, but let me just start off with um, kind of a little joke that I say joke, but just knock, kind of knock. what I'm dealing with. This is a sneak okay. peek, kind of a behind the scenes of what I'm dealing with. Many people who are familiar with this program um, would be familiar with the fact that we have six children. Mm-hmm. And so they really kind of exist in like two sets. We have the big three and then we have the little three. Yes. Um, now within the little three, two of those three are being actively educated at home. The third one is being passively educated at home. So <clears throat> level of education is probably like, no, stop, don't grab, stop, get stop. It. you know, that Come kind here. of thing, right? <laughs> Come here. <laughs> it's, it's that. Okay. Uh, but the other two, uh, Sam Witt, this is his, uh, his first year in kindergarten. And mm-hmm. because of the developmental and emotional delays in Nathaniel, he is, this is his first year in kindergarten as well, although he is seven. Um, and it's, you know, you just have to wait. You don't want to push a child. And so this is really the first time that he's showing any real interest could be because Sam Witt is in kindergarten. And so he maybe feels like, well, wait a minute, you know? So anyway, they had an assignment today and I just want, I just want everybody to know this is the personality or these are the personalities that I'm dealing with. Uh And so fine motor skills, you know, holding the pencil and, and, you know, doing the very basic things like, you know, drawing circles and staying on the line and, and, and all of these things you remember when you were Mm -hmm. in school or schooling or whatever. You had the fat pencils, um, the fat pencils. We have the fat pencils. Mm -hmm. I love the fat pencils, Um, especially with chubby fingers. I love to see them around (laughs) the fat pencils. So, Anyways, um, I was trying to be encouraging, you know, because when they do a great job, like, you know, you have an opportunity to really kind of cheer them on. Yeah. And so I said to both of the boys, um, oh, my goodness, you know, and I said, uh, who taught you how to write? Because they were tracing these circles and holding the, the pencil. And I described the finger, the guide finger, as I call it the boss finger. Okay. Right. I, let me see that boss finger to yeah. know that they have the pencil right. So they were doing all of that. And at the same time, they had two different answers. So Nathaniel looks up and he says, you, mommy, at the same time that Sam Witt is saying no one. Mm, that sounds like it. <laughs> I taught myself. That's exactly right. And, and, and I. <laughs> I taught myself. I, I learned Man, how to. He came here writing. He, yeah, that, he that's... came here holding the pencil and writing. And, <laughs> and, and so I had a moment. So, you know, you pause for a second. Yes. Cause you're like, boy. <laughs> you, didn't, you know nobody taught so, me so nathaniel you mommy sam witt <laughs> nobody no one 
Yeah. It, it's like, you know, we just threw the goal in, the golden and out popped this. We don't even <laughs> like I just came oh, here. Man. No, it's not the same thing. <laughs> no. But, but <laughs> maybe we could do a um, behind the scenes so you can know how I responded. Oh, I, I'm hesitant to say how I responded because I don't man. want your judgment. Huh? Well, here's how I responded. Yes. OK, so I showered Nathaniel with kisses, <laughs> showered oh, Nathaniel man. with kisses. You're so sweet. <laughs> I know what and that so did the same way. And so then Sam Witt goes, you taught me, mommy. You taught me. <laughs> <laughs> it's called conditioning. And so oh, here's what I boy. did. I gave him one kiss. <laughs> he, he said, I want more kisses. I said, well, do better. You got to earn them. My kisses are not free. That's funny. Anyway, that's what makes me the best teacher in the world. Yes. <laughs> no participation kisses. Hey, you got to earn. <laughs> you got to learn the hard way, man. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. These kids are an incredible blessing. Just incredible. <laughs> um, we have a marriage family date night coming up. August the 24th. August 24th. Talk a little bit about that. Yes. And you can register at marriagefamilylife.net marriagefamilylife.net August 24th is in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Hattiesburg. Yes. And so you can get all the information right on the website. Uh, And I think the deadline is August 17th. Is that right? Yes. That is right. Yeah. So you need to you need to register because we need to know how many people are coming. It's going to be a great time, a time to celebrate marriage. And so, man, if you can get away just for a couple hours, six, six thirty to eight thirty, you know, uh, it'll be a, a great time. Um, and so marriage, family, life dot net. This will enhance your marriage. Mm-hmm. Yes. I hope so. I hope so. I hope we've so been too. encouraged by the feedback that we've gotten from the last two date nights that we did want to say two date nights yes and um and and so anyway i i we wouldn't do it if it were not hopefully an encouragement or a blessing you know because and i think um jade will say (laughs) it takes an incredible amount of planning and behind the scenes to pull it off but uh, the feedback man my goodness we couldn't do it without her and i really do mean that that's not one of those Mm -hmm. you know um, trophy statements, but no, truly she works really hard to, to get this all together and in locations that she's not familiar with yeah. to set it all up. Yeah. And she does an incredible job. And, uh, but the feedback has been overwhelming and that's why we continue to do it. And so to God be the glory to God, be all the glory. Mm. But that's the reason that we continue to do it. It's not just to have something to do, but it's because we want to celebrate marriage. We want to encourage marriage, encourage relationships mm-hmm. uh, for the glory of God. Uh, we don't just talk about what we're against, uh, we also celebrate what we're for, and we make much of what God has done, his Amen. His infinite wisdom. So Amen. anyway, if you go to marriagefamilylife.net, you can join us. It is an event that you don't have to pay for, um, but you do have to register. And yes. so we hope that you'll do that yes. before August the 17th. That's you right. have to know that you're coming. All right, so the title of the show today is God So Loved the World. Mm-hmm. Say the rest. <laughs> That's the title. Okay. God so love the world. Say the rest. Okay. Because okay. um, I was reading this article and uh, it was about a mega mega church in uh, the Cincinnati area. Mm-hmm. And um, and this mega church invited a speaker who spoke about um, the perils or the destruction of parents putting their young children or so-called trans identified children on puberty blockers Mm. and the man who participated or who was a part of uh three church services Mm -hmm. uh with the crossroads church in oakley um 
which is in the Cincinnati area, yeah. Oakley neighborhood of Cincinnati. Um, this man, a man by the name of David Mahan, uh, had all of his videos pulled down, and then there were protesters the following week after he presented at this church, and the church issued a statement, and there was a news story that surrounded his visit to this church. And I think, do we have the clip of the news story, Will the Great? Yes. Because I want our listeners to be able to hear it. Um, here is the news coverage. Now, listen to this as a person, um, maybe just kind of like as an onlooker. And, and that might be difficult to do because we are members of the body of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. So when we talk mm -hmm. about the church, we're speaking of ourselves, yeah. okay? This is the family of God. But I want you to just for a second try to look at this um, from an outsider's perspective and just kind of wonder what it is that some people are thinking. Here we go. We are outraged. This following homophobic and transphobic comments made by a guest speaker at Crossroads Church in Oakley. That is one of the largest churches here in the tri-state. Now, we want to warn you, some of what you are about to hear, you might find disturbing or triggering to some. Uh, WCPO 9 News reporter Jake Riles breaking down what was actually said during a speech and the response from the church and former members. We should note this was not a sermon from the Crossroads pastor, but a guest speaker that spoke to the congregation over the weekend, and it left some wondering whether or not they would be accepted by the church. The video you're about to see will be blurry. The church says it never posted a copy on its website, but it still showed up on the Internet. If you've got a child in here that's struggling with gender dysphoria and you go over here to your clinic in this area, eventually you're going to get down to the, the grass tax of do you want a dead daughter or a live son? David Mahan is director of policy with the Center for Christian Virtue. In the video, Mahan makes transphobic and homophobic comments. He says in current pop culture, people who are LGBTQIA+, quote, never get the help they deserve, quote. He later adds that he loved the congregation and that he simply wants to help kids steer away from suicide due to gender dysmorphia. Mahan's topics quickly drew criticism on social media from attendees and the LGBTQIA plus community. Brian Webb was a former worship director at Crossroads. Coming to their first church service to have this guy completely delegitimize their existence and I just can't even begin to imagine the emotional toll that it's going to take on those kids. Tuesday night, Crossroads Church released a statement saying in part, quote, regardless of a person's sexual or gender identity, we love them and welcome them as does God. What was shared this weekend was never meant to hurt anyone, and we deeply regret that it did. This is a topic that warrants increased care and empathy, and we're sorry that didn't happen this weekend, end quote. Webb says the speaker's comments in that forum were unacceptable and leads to transgender individuals dealing with more guilt, shame, anxiety, and far less community. I think the apology is weak. I think the statement that Crossroads made was by and large, we didn't mean to hurt you, we're sorry that you're hurt. So any type <laughs> of apology that is not full support and affirmation yeah. is not an apology, right? So because what the expectation is, is that you will walk back those statements in full and say that you disavow those statements. You don't stand by that. Um, you regret bringing yeah. um, Mr. Mahan to the congregation. And, and I want to get into this story, and I really want to discuss this because there's a lot that you hear in the clip 
that I think you could spend an entire program just kind of taking things yeah. out of that as well. You well, heard from the one. Go I'm ahead. I'm glad he was a former worship leader, even though, you know, <laughs> I isn't was happy that to hear scary? That. <laughs> well, I was it, happy he was former. Scary? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. But at one time, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. All right. And, and so here you have a man who once uh, facilitated worship at that church saying that it was it was a bad thing or it was it was unthinkable that you would have people in a congregation who are dealing with things that are reprehensible to God, dealing with things who uh, things which mar the image of God in them and then say it would be a shame that these people now have to deal with guilt and shame. Hmm. And I didn't plan to start here, but let me just say something. All throughout the scriptures, uh, guilt and shame are a blessing from God. Come on. To be able to mourn over your sin, to feel badly over your wrongdoing is a blessing from God. In mm -hmm. fact, the judgment of God reveals a conscience that is seared. The scriptures call it reprobate, mm. that you think what you're doing is right. You see this over and over again in Romans chapter one, over and over again, where the apostle Paul writes that because of men and women, because of their deeds, right? Their foolish hearts were darkened. Mm. And so then what does God do over and over and over again? You read it in Romans one, he handed them over, he handed them over, he handed them over. So the opposite of that, right? The blessing is that you are not handed over to think that what you're doing is right. There is still guilt there is still shame there is still because of those things the opportunity for repentance there's the opportunity to get it right and it's amazing to me and so now having having started there i want to go back up to the top of this story and 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 i want to look at it because i think that increasingly these are the kinds of um two steps that you're going to see happening in churches today if a church will address sin of a certain type. Okay. They're going to do that with a lot of disclaimers mm -hmm. and they're going to do that with a lot of, um, taking the temperature. Yeah. Testing the climate. Yeah. To make sure that it's okay for them to, to get into those waters. You know, you understand what yeah. I'm saying? Oh yeah. And then there will be the issue of many, many, many apologies. And so I want to talk about that because one of the things that this pastor actually said when he followed up the next Sunday mm -hmm. was something about God loving all people, which is so true. So I want to talk about how we understand the love of God, because a lot of times people want to detach the love of God from his other attributes. Yeah. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. Airing the Addisons, promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Airing the Addisons on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry V is over in Studio CC. And J-Mac is also on tap, uh, helping us navigate the show. Mm -hmm. We will open the phone lines up in the last segment. Get your take on what we're talking about today. Uh, topic of discussion or title of the show today is God So Loved the World. Uh, say the rest. God so loved the world. <laughs> say the, the rest. rest. Mm. And 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 the reason I'm I'm looking at this is because when we talk about the love of God, mm -hmm. um, often we like to have this love that is like um, 
you know, kind of like marshmallow foam or, you know, it's just sort of like this fluffy. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not anchored in anything. It's not rooted in anything. It's the love that we love to love. Yeah. Right. It's a love that is detached from a full knowledge and understanding of who God is. Mm -hmm. And John 316. So many of us learn this when we're kids. Right. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life or have eternal life. Mm -hmm. Or God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whichever version you memorize, <laughs> you understand it, right? Right. Uh, so many people know this passage. It's probably right. one of, uh, if not the most recognizable. Yeah, you will see it everywhere. John 3.16. Everywhere, and people would understand that, <laughs> yeah. right? People yeah. would know John 3.16. Right. So here's something fun that you can do with your kids and with your grandkids. Um, and I, I want to throw this out as a suggestion, but it's what we're going to do today. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at this passage and you don't just fall into the... Now, and I want to be very careful because I want to be respectful of um, God's love. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is to not detach God's love from the totality of what he has revealed to us about who he is. Mm -hmm. That's the, I think that is the best way to understand the love of God is to understand it in total of who God, God has allowed for himself to be known by us. If he didn't want us to know him, don't you know, we wouldn't. Right. Right. God has revealed himself. He has told us who he is. Often we miss this because we come to the scriptures often just trying to, you know, find like application for, that for life we're, we're not asking the question what is God saying to us about who he is mm -hmm. right so I want to encourage us to do something here and this is something um I say fun but I don't mean to diminish it but something fun and very telling that you can do with your kids um you can do it with your grandkids as well take John three sixteen and ask this question of your kids as they read it maybe they've memorized it um and this of course would presume that they have a working understanding of the character and the nature of God, that they know something about the attributes of God, that they are also familiar with the gospel. They know what the gospel is. So if you have a person who doesn't understand any of this, then you're going to have to fill in some gaps. But let's just let's just say that a person has a working understanding of this, right? And you look at this passage, John 3.16, and then you ask this question, what attributes of God do you see in John 3.16? What attributes of God do you see? Most people the first thing they're going to say is love. Mm -hmm. God so loved the world. Mm -hmm. But let's let's read all of just that verse. Let's read mm -hmm. all of just that verse. And, and let's kind of walk through what God reveals to us about himself in that verse that helps us understand his love. Okay. okay? okay. Because he doesn't just stop <clears throat> at saying that he so loved the world. Yeah. Right. He tells us about his character and his nature in this one verse, it is jam-packed. Yeah. And it's it's certainly more than being, it's worth more, as are all of the scriptures, worth more than becoming a nursery rhyme. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So here we go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. All right. So here's what I see. And, and well, the great if I if you see something that I leave out, you know, um, people who are watching on Facebook, you can throw up what you see. Like what it, what is it that you see that God is revealing to us about his character and his nature, his attributes? What do you see in this passage? First one, the obvious one, the one that most of us are going to grab is God is love. We see that in this passage. We also see the grace of God. Yeah, we see the grace of God. What is God doing? He is stopping something happening to us that unless he intervenes, it will happen. Mm. 
mercy. You can couple those. God's grace and God's mercy are displayed. We see the benevolence of God, the giving of his son, how generous and how gracious our God that he gives his son, right? You also see the justice of God. The justice of God? Well, yeah, because that means that God, if, if God has given his son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life or have eternal life, then God has pronounced judgment on a person who does not believe mm. this. Mm-hmm. Also, we see the justice of God in that nobody is just escaping. Jesus Christ paid the debt that we owe. He paid the debt that we owe. So anyone who puts their faith and their trust in him Mm -hmm. receives eternal life. Now you also see the wrath of God. Here is the thing that is understood. Okay. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that Mm -hmm. whoever believes in him shall not perish. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) that that means that the wrath of God Mm -hmm. will be poured out, displayed Mm -hmm. in those who Mm -hmm. have rejected the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who do not believe that what he did is sufficient. Right. The reason we escape that judgment is because we believe that Jesus, who had the wrath of God poured out on him in our place. Mm hmm totally secured for us salvation. Also in this passage, we see that God is supreme. We see that he has the final say on where men will spend eternity. Mm. We see that God is all powerful. He makes a judgment. He makes a decision and no one overrides it. Mm -hmm. We see that God is omnipresent. He is in all places everywhere beholding the good and the evil. How do we know this? Because he is saying, he is making a judgment. He is saying that whoever puts their faith in Jesus will have eternal life. This, and then also the omniscience of God, that he knows the hearts and the minds of every person living now, whoever lived and who will live in the future. Mm. Which is another thing that I think is just so scary to me when people say things like God knows my heart. It's like, man, you know, sometimes that, you know, if you if you pause for just a second, you think, okay, God knows my heart. He knows my motives. He knows the intent of what I'm doing, not just what I'm saying or what I'm doing. He knows why I'm doing what I'm doing. So now why am I unpacking all of this? I'm, I'm, I'm unpacking this because there are a couple things. So you have a man who shows up at like the largest church in this Ohio area, right? right. And, and okay, the, the largest mega church. It's, it's a campus. I saw, yeah, like, you huge. watch the videos, like yeah. West Entrance. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's huge, it's okay? Mm-hmm. And you have a man who stands up and warns people that they should not affirm a mental disorder in people, that they, that they should treat gender dysphoria that they should treat this as we did um things like anorexia which Mm -hmm. is is the example that he used Mm -hmm. you would never say to a person who is dangerously underweight and yet believes that he or she is overweight you would never ever affirm that because the person dangerously overweight is 
killing himself or herself. Right. And yet here we are doing something very similar in our culture today. And the thing that really confuses me about this is that what Christians seem to not understand is that when you allow a person to be comfortable in rebellion against God, that is the most unloving thing that you could do Come for on. a person. Come on. Unless you don't believe what you say you believe. Now, right. you know, and, and that's that's where the line then is drawn. Right. The line is drawn over whether or not you're talking to a biblical Christian or a Christian in name only, a nominal Christian. So here we go. You have um, you have. Um, what is his first name? David Mahan, mm -hmm. David Mahan, who asked the congregation what they would do if an anorexic teen came before them saying that she was suicidal because she was fat. That's that's the question. And I'm going to quote him here. He says, what is your response? Affirmation or do you try to get her distorted mentality of herself to line up with her biological reality? What do we do? And if we do the latter, why wouldn't we do it with the same dysphoric condition of transgender? End quote. Now, here's the interesting thing. When he made this point, the auditorium mm -hmm. was filled with applause. They understood it to be, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But here's what happened. What happened was between the help coming at church <laughs> and, um, you know, the statements that the church ushered in or released <laughs> between the help coming at church and the statement that was released was a demonstration. Mm. A little and the question that a pressure, a just just a little bit of pressure. Mm -hmm. Do you really believe that? Are you really? We were uncomfortable with what you said. What you said was hurtful. What you said leads to guilt and shame. What you said is not affirming or welcoming. But actually, it is. The question is, what was the expectation of the affirmation and what was the end of their proposed welcome? Mm -hmm. So so because the gospel <laughs> affirms God's truth. Amen. So when we tell the truth, that is affirming. When we tell the truth, that's affirming. Like, I don't I don't care how people think about it. I don't care how it changes. I don't care how it normalizes in our culture. When we tell the truth, that is affirming mm -hmm. eternally. Yeah. Right. But the pressure is to celebrate that which does not comport with Scripture. Right. That which you cannot reconcile to truth. Right. It is to say, as our sister Laura Perry puts it excellently, it is to have a community of people, a culture, if you will, let's broaden it, to have a culture of people where nobody wants to stand up and say the emperor has no clothes. Everybody can clearly see that something is off, something's not right, mm -hmm. but nobody wants to stand up and say it. Right. Nobody wants to be ridiculed as the one who is not um, developed enough or progressive enough to see the, the emperor who's parading about without a stitch, right? Nobody wants to say they don't see it <laughs> because supposedly everybody sees it. Right. So in the wake of that, there was a demonstration in response to, to the sermon. All right. Quote, we came out here to show our support for the LGBTQ community and also to hold, <laughs> to hold crossroads to account 
to what they've said and to get them to solidify their viewpoints. Man, I don't know. That, that just sounds like a bully to me. Oh, yeah, it is. That just that just sounds like a bully to me. We came out here to make sure that what you said is what you really want to be saying. Do you really want to be saying that in culture? We just want to make sure because, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit. And I don't want to bring everything, you know, I don't want to bring everything back to Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. <laughs> but it's kind of like if you're prepared now. Right. When you hear the liar and the, mm-hmm. you, if, if you're prepared now. Yeah. Then That's well exactly and good. It. That's it. Yeah. But if not, mm-hmm. we have a cultural inferno. Come on. That we are ready to throw you and everybody in your church into it. Unfortunately, here's what didn't happen. Unfortunately, the pastor didn't say we have no need um, to speak to you <laughs> right. on this matter. Right. Right. Now, And I want to be very, very fair yeah. here because the pastor did not come out and, you know, directly disavow the statements Mm -hmm. all right like that didn't happen but the fact that the church had to release a statement and then the pastor followed up in his sermon giving a statement i guess you would call it Mm -hmm. is concerning to me yeah so the lead pastor is a man by the name of uh brian tome i guess is how you would say the name brian tome and this is what he said in last sunday's service all right, in the wake of the protesters. And then if we have time, I'll get to the official church statement. He said, quote, this past week, we have heard from a wide range of people who are hurt. Those from the LGBTQIA plus community. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Man. Those who have friends in the LGBTQIA plus community. So they're going who, to say who wrote this, right. man. <laughs> who, who wrote, who wrote well, this? Well, whoever wrote it was like, we got to make sure that we include everything that we know. None shall be offended. Yeah, we got to have all the letters. You know, you know, it's it's and to the unknown God. Man, come just on. just in the event that there's one that we might upset, <laughs> you know, let's make sure that we build an altar of worship to the unknown God. Mm-hmm. LGBTQIA plus community. Teachers who didn't feel supported. And last but not least, those who are upset that we seem to be apologizing for everything that was said and being weak and afraid of cancel culture. And he went on, quote, as you know, our community is unique and that we go to the scripture for how life is best lived. We do this in a transparent and respectful way of all the mistakes I made last week. The biggest was I didn't say this, quote. We love people in the LGBTQIA community, and that wasn't clear last week. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. That is on me. God loves all people. Yes, he does. And if you'd like to hear the rest of the story, please turn the tape over. <laughs> like, that's that's not the, that's end, not the end of the, the story. story. That's right. And we have to understand, listen, all of the actions of God, when we when we talk about the love of God, for us to understand the love of God, the works of God, the way God has revealed himself to us. These are all of his attributes. This is not this. You you cannot isolate and take out what you want. When you do that, you have made a God. Mm. You have made a God that you like, that you're comfortable worshiping. And then you just wrap it in Christian packaging. 
But you can't talk about the love of God without talking about the wrath of God and the judgment of God and the justice of God, which then ultimately has to get into sin that offends the holy and righteous God that he is. Right. All right, we'll grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and as Mahalia Jackson, what a friend we have in Jesus. So we're talking about this church in um, Cincinnati, this Mm -hmm. huge church, largest church in the tri-state area, um, kind of walking back, having had a guest in in the service to talk about the dangers of um, forcing parents and encouraging uh, young children who are confused and Mm-hmm. struggling and mm-hmm. some of them, you know, maturing and just going through just whatever that is. Yeah. Right. That our culture is upsetting because of normalization of sin, but going through that and then um, receiving puberty blockers. Yeah. All right. So he was talking about the dangers of that and the ubiquity of that now yeah. uh, in pediatric practice. So, so he was invited to come, right? Yes, he was. He was invited to come. Yes. You see, this is always my problem with stuff like this. He was invited to come. They knew what he was going to talk about. I think they would know. And it's because of the pressure from the outside. Like, yes. I, I feel like there should be an apology to Mr. David <laughs> Mahan. Like, yeah, man, yeah, he's a brother in Christ and he's speaking the truth. They asked him to come to talk about yep. this topic. And they're like, kind of like threw him under the bus. They're like, OK, well, uh, yeah, you know, we shouldn't, you know, I'm like, man, you know, that's wrong. A few months ago, I was actually reading a newsletter from Answers in Genesis where, uh, and I'm fuzzy on this, I'd have to go back and look for it, Mm -hmm. but it was either Ken Ham or a member of their staff. You know, they have people who go out into churches and will give talks. Um, It was either him or a member of his staff. I can't remember, but it was in the newsletter that um, one of them was invited to a church Mm. and um, this man presented the truth, the authority of scripture mm-hmm. uh, and touched on identity and how we are made in the image of God, male and female. He created yeah. them. And, you know, and this man learned that the the pastor, the church where he was invited to speak um, the next week came behind him and apologized to the congregation for um, not fully vetting him mm. and not fully. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> in any of the ways that the congregation may have been offended. You know what's offensive? You know what's offensive? What's What's offensive is to sit in a church believing that you are bound for an eternity with the Mm. Lord and to not be. Mm. I don't know if there's a greater offense than that. And and to know that people are supposed to love you enough to tell you the difference. Right. And and not apologize for that. Right. That's offensive. That's offensive. Here's the... um, Here's the official statement that the church released. Mm -hmm. And then I want to look at an article from the Federalist from 2018 dealing specifically with um, administering puberty, puberty blockers to children and the dangers of that. And and then I want to and I want to I want to put those two things together. And the reason I want to do that is because I want to I want to go back to the question of did the church need to apologize for the presentation of facts 
Did the church need to apologize? You had a truth teller in the pulpit, which is refreshing these days. Mm-hmm. You had a truth teller in the pulpit and, and we issued a statement because some people got upset that the truth was told. I mean, that's going to happen. Like you're, you're, yeah. you're going to be uncomfortable if you have embraced something that is an affront or that is offensive to God. If you, if you have normalized that in your life, believing you're okay. Yeah. It's going to be upsetting to hear that's, that's actually not okay. God, mm. No, that's, yeah. So here's the official statement um, from Crossroads Church. This past weekend, Crossroads hosted a guest speaker who broached the subject of children seeking to transition to a different gender. Unfortunately, there are many who have been hurt and are looking for clarity. Regardless of a person's sexual or gender identity, we love them and welcome them, as does God. What was shared this weekend was never meant to hurt anyone, and we deeply regret that it did. This is, the, this is a topic that warrants increased care and empathy, and we're sorry that didn't happen this weekend. Crossroads also does not financially or otherwise support any political organizations and their platforms, including the Center for Christian Virtue, of which um, Brother Mahan was, was employed or is employed. Mm-hmm. Um, we have no intention of being activistic in this, <laughs> or any other political space. Mm. Our main goal has and will always be to bring people to Christ. Okay. <laughs> By telling the truth, right? How is truth a conflict there? Right. Like bringing people to Christ, how does truth impede that? Right. Like right. truth is like the prerequisite. Right. Like you have to tell people the truth. Right. When you lead them to Christ, isn't that, right. isn't that what you're doing? So it was like, perfect that they brought him in. He was speaking truth and you know, that's what is needed to be, to be heard. And so that apology, I mean, that's, that's crazy because this, as far as what I have read and, and what you talked about, he spoke truth. Look, I, I just don't, I don't know. Um, you know, how much more of this, like this, this is the kind of stuff that I think is like the, uh, the sifting, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is where you are seeing, you know, what stays and and what remains. And of course the Lord's going to set it all in order. He's going to separate it, but man, this is how you identify. You can, you can begin to look out and you can see those who remain faithful. Uh, I'll give the phone number and get the phone lines queued up here. Um, to say it simply, did this church need to apologize? Um, is it and here's here's what I'm really wondering. Is it legitimate to put this particular sin proclivity in a category where we now handle it with kid gloves and, and, and we don't just address it as as we have done in the past, address sin? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of how bold it was for Paul to write and such were some of you. Right. That he was the first one who said, I don't know why you're clapping. Paul Washer, yeah. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you, just in case people are not familiar. Paul was the first one. Such were some of you. Mm-hmm. All right, eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. Here's Jane Robbins writing in 2018 for the Federalist. She's talking about puberty blockers. The most common one called Lupron is prescribed for girls who think that they're boys, and it's prescribed to block their um, 
maturing their puberty, okay, mm -hmm. uh, by suppressing estrogen production. Now, this drug was originally approved by the Food and Drug Administration to treat prostate cancer. But it's routinely prescribed for other conditions such as endometriosis and what they call precocious puberty, meaning that a child uh, enters puberty or begins um, to develop before they should, usually under the age of eight in girls and under the age of nine for boys. All right. Many of these patients have experienced extreme side effects that shattered their health and their lives, including severe joint pain, osteoporosis, osteoporosis, compromised immune system, and mental health issues such as severe depression and even su suicidal ideation. Let me say, so I want to go back to uh, the osteoporosis thing. The thing that I think is so upsetting that people don't understand when we talk about experimenting on our children and what the culture is now inviting parents to do to abdicate their role as protector mm -hmm. and to allow for experimentation on their children. So when you give a child this drug, what you do is you stop the natural growth, their natural development. So what, what happens is there is a natural increase in bone density as we grow. You ever, you, your kid has growing pains. Like you're like, they're like, mm -hmm. man, my knees hurt. Their legs are growing. And there, the, there is an increase in bone density as children grow, yeah. as they go through puberty. These drugs stop that. So now you've got kids that their bodies are trying to do what God has designed their bodies to do. Mm -hmm. And yet you are giving them drugs to inhibit, to prevent that. So what happens is as they continue to grow, their bones do not progress and grow as the bones are supposed to. So now they've got, they've got weakness in their bones and in their joints. This article from 2018, among other things, other side effects of this, List reports where even in adults, there are adverse side effects to the use of this drug, Lupron. One expert in this article said that this drug should not under any circumstance be administered to anyone under the age of 21. And we're using it to block puberty. Hmm. Wow. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-589. 8840-888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Jerry in Texas. Hi, Jerry. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Hello? Okay, so first off, I want to say that no, to your question, I do not think that that pastor should apologize. I agree with you, sir, Will the Great, that the pastor should apologize to the person he invited. Yeah, yeah. And the other part of that is, I want to know if I am the only one, as in, am I the only one that feels every now and then I should feel uncomfortable when being preached to, to know that I am yet still a sinner mm. and that mm. I have to seek God's sovereignty every day? Mm. Am I the only one that feels like a burden for their children to make sure that they get the Word of God and that they don't feel bullied at school if they're going to give the Word of God? Mm. Am I the only one that's willing to stand up in the middle of the church if the pastor isn't preaching the gospel and telling, that's not the word of God. Mm, come on, brother. You, no, no, you're not. You're not the only one, Jerry. In fact, I mean, listen, I feel like we are a small representation. Those of us who are listening to this show, obviously we're a part of it. But no, and I think that's one of the things that we are able to sort of like gather around. It's, it's the feeling 
in real time of being being the remnant, mm. being those who are saying, Lord, your word is still true. Yeah. And though none go with me, I still will follow. Mm. But no, you're exactly spot on. These are the things that we're battling, right? We're contending for the faith, and Amen. this is exactly what it feels like. Amen. This is what it feels like. We're the great. Where do we go next? All right, let's go to Kim in Mississippi. Hi, Kim. Hi, Will. Hi, Miki. Hello. Um, Hello. Blessings to you both. <laughs> Thank you for everything that you guys do. I've been listening for years, but this is my first time to ever even try and comment. I'm shaking. <laughs> oh, it's Sorry, okay. I'm Relax. <laughs> I know. I was like, the Holy Spirit, calm my heart. Um, so our daughter's 15, and she's been in public school up until this point. And you guys, along with um, Abraham Hamilton III, y'all have really um, moved, you know, in our heart. Or the Spirit has moved through y'all in our hearts, and we decided to homeschool our kids. Um, I emailed y'all about a year ago because we, we were kind of in a rough spot with our teenager because she's had a lot of mental health issues. And fear of men over one and i was afraid that she might try to hurt herself anyway we're at a point where we have no choice you know she's being swept up in this and mm. ooh, i'm trying to calm down yeah so, um i'm so sorry i'm not gonna cry on the air it's okay but um if anybody could pray for us just i i don't want her to spiral further in her mental health stuff but i have to honor the lord and we're doing that actually tonight so i guess that's why i'm shaking and um yeah we just we have to save our kids you know we have to and i made i made a huge mistake in not following the lord's guidance you know and following the lord i committed my life to christ in 2012 and at that point she was six years old and a lot of ground had been lost and um Anyway, but we're here now, and we're trying to correct these mistakes and, you know, disciple her as best as we can for now. And yeah. um, the Lord is already working in her. I mean, we got COVID, which is so weird. It's been a blessing because it's brought us more together. and We're doing, mm -hmm. you know, um, devotionals together, and she's actually participating. And I can see the Lord tilling up that hard soil in her heart. And, um, you know, prior to this, she was really averse to you know, Christianity. And this was a rapid descent. I mean, this was a rapid mm. descent last summer, or um, I think it was September, I emailed y'all for your advice. Um, I don't, and um, she was still, you know, participating in family devotionals and stuff. And I'm telling you, in a year, she has gotten so swept up in this trans and LGBTQ cult. Mm. I will call it a cult because I think that it is a deceiving spirit that is just hijacking, yeah. you know, our country and is targeting our kids and, and particularly Christian kids, I think. I mean, I'm hearing more and more from our local assembly parents going through this. And wow. um, anyway, um, thank you for all you guys do. Bless mm -hmm. you all. You guys have been an instrument in our lives for the Lord. Um, we're going to date night. <laughs> in oh, so good. We're all there. Yeah, Great. so that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> Okay. Well, Kim, thank, thank you thank so you, much, Kim. man. And and I want to say this, and, and I appreciate all of our callers. I know that our callers have been so patient, and they started recognizing. They're like, wait a minute. It's not my day today. Kim, God bless you. My, my heart is uh, pulled to hear you talking because the Lord calls us to do things that are difficult to do, right? And to be truth tellers in a culture that embraces lies, Right? can seem heroic, but let us remember that it's also just very basic, 
Like this is what we, this is what we are designed to do to tell the truth, to agree with God. Amen. And I will pray for you. I will pray for your daughter. All of our listeners who heard you, they're on it. They're prayerful people. But the Lord has equipped us to do everything that he has called us to do. Amen. Else he wouldn't have called us to do it. Amen. All right. Um, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.